0: Hey guys, Nikki here from the Alternative Experience podcast. Thanks for tuning in. So this week's episode is back by popular demand. Uh, We have Tammy Pettigrew, aka the cannabis cutie back in the house. Uh, Basically, Tammy wanted to come back on and actually talk to people more about the the negative side of uh, cannabis use. Uh, and THC. So people are aware that there are negatives. We want to give a balanced view on this subject. Uh, Very nice, free-flowing conversation. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, We also delved into a couple of other areas. Uh, Tammy was recently evacuated due to the Californian forest fires. So I wanted to go into that and make sure she was safe, Um, as well as obviously the small matter of a US presidential election. Um, I think we were very respectful in our conversation. I think you know my opinion on, on the matter from the previous podcast. I think we we respectfully discuss that uh, that sort of side of things. And we have to remember, she's actually living it and we're just mere spectators. So I hope you enjoy the show, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, So this week, back by popular demand, it's our friend from the uh, good old US of A, the cannabis cutie. Hey, Tammy, how you doing?
1: Hello, how are you? I'm so glad to be back today.
0: Awesome. No, great to have you here. Uh, so you've had a pretty eventful month.
1: Yes, I did. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: First, your evacuation, forest fires, then there was a small issue of uh, maybe the craziest presidential election anybody's ever seen.
1: Yeah, we are still going through that. Um, yeah. It was, what do they call it? October surprise. Oh, Definitely yes. a lot of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was, to be honest, I've been glued to it myself. I mean, I'm, Strange, actually. I'm not somebody that's really sort of massively paid attention to them in the past, but I can, I can remember even the um, the Bill Clinton um, when he first got uh, um, sort of elected. I, I actually followed that and I was only young at the time, uh, but okay. I've, been, I've been glued to this
1: one. OK, yeah, this one, I've been trying not to be glued to it. It's yeah. now it's just a messy, expensive fight. Um, and I think it's going to be the same result. Do you think? Yeah, I don't think nothing changes. No. Yeah, I think uh, Trump is out.
0: I think maybe, yeah. I, to be honest, it's, it's, it's what you believe. I suppose that it's uh, one one thing. This has really sort of uh, emphasised for me is is the power of the media, and and depending on what side that media sits. And obviously, we know the majority of it sits on the side of the Democrats and mm-hmm. censorship and big tech, etc. And uh, there is this small pocket which. uh I think probably fairly or unfairly gets sort of labeled as just um, Republican push. But it's, I suppose they're fighting a, a very, very hard battle, aren't they, from, from their point of view? Um, yeah. I mean, I've obviously, I don't really want to go into too much politics, but what, what side were you, were you sort of rooting for?
1: Um, So I was rooting for the left because they're the ones that are sponsoring the Moore Act. Mm -hmm. Um, And President Trump, as soon as his presidency started, his AG at the time, Jeff Sessions, which is attorney general, um, rescinded the Cole memo. Um, So they basically came in attacking cannabis and legislation efforts. So Mm -hmm. I could not support that. Um, and cannabis is pretty much my deciding factor for the presidency.
0: Yeah. You're not concerned about um, sort of uh, Kamala Harris's and uh, and uh, Biden's background with, with what yes. they've done? Uh, sort of,
1: Absolutely. Yes. That was like, the, one of the most worrisome things. But um, if I look at the past, the 1994 crime bill and all the other legislation that Joe Biden took part in, in um, cracking down on communities of color and poor communities in America, as well as Kamala Harris's um what she did while she was a DA in the state of California, that was also worrisome, but I'm trying to look at things from the present. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say just like Trump fans do, you know, when we try to bring up things that he's done in the past, we talk about where he is today. So um, with Kamala Harris being a sponsor of the more act, meaning she helped draft that legislation. I want to believe that they've turned a new, um, they turned a new leaf, <laughs> pun intended. Um, and that's where my support goes. I'm not enthusiastic about them no. um, being president and Madam Vice President at all. Um, and I cannot say that I support them until I see change. But they did get my vote.
0: OK, that's fair play. Fair play. And again, like you said, it's it's one of those things. It's, it's I mean, you look at one channel and you're convinced of, of that argument. You turn over. I mean, I, I don't watch the news. And, and on the day of the election... Um, I was quite convinced it was going to go a certain way just from just seeing stuff on my feed, not not through searching for it. Uh, And then I turned on Sky News, which is our sort of uh, main news channel here. And within five seconds, I was completely convinced Biden was going to win it. So just and and I actually had a podcast that day and it just really emphasized to me just the power of the media, even someone like myself that's really, really aware of um, just how uh, manipulating it can be. I, I was still drawn into both sides. Uh, Well,
1: well, ironically, the people that are most manipulated by the media are the ones that believe that they can't be manipulated. Exactly. Those are the ones.
0: And you've got it as long as you're mindful of it and you can actually see those manipulations happening. It's trying to trying to keep yourself in check. uh, There's something on Netflix I watched uh, quite a few years ago about the Cambridge Analytica um, thing. I don't know if you know much about that. Uh, where, um,
1: I have not seen it.
0: Well, they're basically a, a company that literally their entire job is is going to people and, and telling them about um, the analytics of people, so our data basically, and using that data to manipulate uh, during elections. Uh, and it was uh, very prominent in um, our Brexit election. Um, okay, yeah. And, it, and they were actually called to task on it. Um, but yeah, when you watch that one, it's uh, what they have basically worked out is, I think it's about 65% of people are susceptible to manipulation um, and they won't question anything. Uh, It literally is what what the the narrative is they've set their mind on. And it's that they sort of play on that larger uh, sort of percentage of people. Very, very interesting. I'll have to find out what the name of it is and send it over to you. But anyway, 2020 can't get any crazier, that's for sure.
1: Oh, I think it can. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I've just
0: just egged it on. Every time we
1: say that, it's like, hold my beer.
0: (laughs) And now there's a vaccine apparently that's uh, popped up a couple of days later. Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts on that one?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know what to think about that. I am. I haven't really gotten in or know what the discussion is around the vaccines and Bill Gates. I kind of just wasn't interested, um, no. and I just know that there's a lot of misinformation surrounding it, and I don't want to be confused.
0: No, no. And I think um, it's a difficult one to get. It's, it's a dangerous one to get involved in because yeah, even if you're just being genuinely uh, sort of. Um, I don't know, just genuinely sort of wanting to know a bit more information on it. I mean, if you ask questions, you, you can very easily get, I suppose, cancelled, as I say. So it's a Correct. difficult subject. Yeah, but, uh, yeah
1: I- I, the only thing, the only caveat that I have is I have asthma. Yeah. And if I was to get COVID, I would automatically be admitted to the hospital. In America, mm-hmm. that's an expensive... Um, cautious precautionary measure um so that's the one thing that's making me like consider getting it because i don't you know god forbid i do contract it i don't want to be in the hospital um, away from my kids there's so many expenses i would accrue so. the,
0: the, the only thing i look at it on it and, and again i'm again trying to keep a sort of open mind on both sides is is by, by definition we have no long-term projections on what it could do uh, and when you look at actually the the worldwide survival rate of it of 99.07%, it's kind of, in my eyes, I think I'm quite a healthy person. And, and again, we'll potentially could catch it and we, we do have to run a risk. But I think on that sort of survival rate with something that we have no long-term uh, sort of data on, I think I'd probably err on the side of caution and, and sit back and say, right, you guys go for it if you want to. And I'll see yeah. how you get on. <laughs> you can be the I test definitely
1: subject. felt that way. But until two of my classmates with no pre-existing conditions died from COVID, yeah. then I pivoted and understood that there is something here, even though it's probably being over-exaggerated and overplayed. Yeah. There are instances where it can be fatal. And yeah. those are just the two people I know. Oklahoma City apparently got a strain that was very fatal for yeah, a yeah. lot of people. So I think there's so many different strains that it's mutated into. Yeah. I think the majority of them are safe but um yeah you just don't know Again, you have you do, no you, idea to 30 year olds healthy 30 year olds you know gone of covid exactly so
0: that's it yeah. i mean i don't think anybody out there in their right mind can actually den- uh, deny that something exists and something's there i mean that that's Correct. 100% i think i don't think the government's uh, i mean especially in our country um uh, they certainly haven't helped themselves by um being caught out multiple times using incorrect data uh, actually having to come out and and, and admit to, uh, fear mongering to try and sort of get people on side and I think straight away is um, although they don't explain their sort of reasoning behind that immediately for me I question everything Uh, I'm not I'm not an anti-vaxxer I'm not somebody that doesn't believe in in science um, but I also don't allow myself to be told what to think, especially if there are things that intuitions are very, I, I trust my intuition I've, over the years, I've ignored it so many times and thought, yeah. damn, I should have listened to it. And while yeah. I wouldn't base my decisions on it, if if there's something that intuitively tells me to to pull the thread a bit more, I normally tend to do so. Yeah. And I've obviously coming from cannabis as well, being told all exactly. the things we've been uh, told over the years that you kind of naturally do that. Uh, yeah.
1: I, I think that's how we ended up in cannabis was choosing not to accept what was told of us and actually uh, pulling up that thread and then yeah. unleashing an, an unti- entire world of yeah. possibilities.
0: And actually knowing that our experience was completely different to what we were being told it should be. and And, and therefore then realizing that when you get really deep into it there is this sort of campaign against sort of turning the uneducated against it and, and you, then you start having that anti-vaxxer sort of kind of conversation with people
1: yeah <laughs> it's a strange
0: strange world we live in strange world we live in it is for absolutely sure. well I mean, obviously on a, on a positive note there does seem to have been some pretty amazing sort of developments uh, in the US some of, them are, some of the states relaxing their their cannabis laws I see is it Arizona DC Mississippi etc Um.
1: so yeah you had a, a big win for the war on drugs Arizona Montana in South Dakota all now have adult use, meaning if you travel to those states, you, as long as you are over the age of 21, you legally can consume. Okay. Um, South Dakota also broke history by being the first state um, to pass a medical cannabis law and an adult use law in the oh, same wow. day. Um, typically in America, what you'll see is a medical program be established and then they'll go after adult use years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but South Dakota knocked out both in one time. they ripped written the class um, off. Do it.
0: <laughs> they rip the plaster off.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then you saw um in the southeastern part of the United States, which is extremely conservative and they typically are not going to participate in something like cannabis, Mississippi. Now has a medical cannabis program, which is a very big deal for that part of the U.S. since there's literally no cannabis legislation besides Florida, which I would say Florida is probably an outlier when it comes to the politics of the southeastern part of the U.S. Yep, definitely. Um, And then I would say the biggest winner uh, would be Oregon. They decriminalized all personal drug use and they legalized psilocybin as therapy and DC also legalized psilocybin as therapy. So big, big gains.
0: Progression, bit of progression at last. Something that's been stagnant for so many years. I mean, obviously our entire lives and uh, yeah, it's nice to see a little bit of movement coming in. Um, So so obviously for for today's show, obviously we discussed uh, obviously we've been having sort of a bit of email uh, conversation you wanted to come back on and, for the sake of balance, really discuss some of the potential or, or reported potential negative effects of cannabis use. Um, yes. Now, obviously, most of these subjects that we're going to cover are, are they tend to be more relevant to THC, but I mean, obviously, there there are some that sort of creep into other cannabinoids as well. Um, yeah. And obviously, while it might be illegal to con, uh, to sort of consume in the UK, I think there's a, we have to be realistic. There are millions of uh, UK cannabis users, so it's definitely worth yeah. them listening to this this information. Um, now I think where you wanted to start was uh, was it cannabinoid hyper um, uh, emesis syndrome isn't it is that right
1: yes yes <laughs> that is one of the um, worst diseases mm. that you could probably have so hyperemesis syndrome is I believe something that was really a big point of topic in the UK when Princess Kate was um, When she ended up pregnant she had a form of hyperemesis during pregnancy that lands her in the hospital Mm -hmm. so we're aware of what hyperemesis is uncontrollable vomiting Um, don't know what causes it don't really know how to stop it but it is um, not good for your body Uh, it's horrible for hydration Um, and with cannabis hyperemesis syndrome what happens is your receptors are so overworked that Some of them start to rescind back into the bones Mm -hmm. Um, and then what you have is basically the cannabis is now toxic to your body Um, and that happens to people who are chronic users and have been so years after years after years. Mm -hmm. Um, So this brings a good point why tolerance breaks are such a good idea if you're an everyday chronic user. Um, Just to give your body time to reset those receptors, 72 hours is really all that you need. But it's kind of a way to modulate that relationship with cannabis if it is a daily thing for you.
0: And and am I right in saying, I mean, obviously, so anybody out there that doesn't know what it is or maybe sort of uh, suffering something about, I I believe it's like nausea, vomiting, um, Mm -hmm. severe stomach cramps, uh, obviously can end up in sort of kidney failure down to electrolyte problems. Um, skin burns, etc., from hot water—that sort of stuff. So, quite, quite um, a, a, a random sort of set of uh, symptoms that would be—you probably yeah. wouldn't actually associate them all together if you if you were actually suffering them, even if they were there at the same time. Um, so, what yeah. can to do about it?
1: So you have what's called like the pre-phase, which it's becoming onsetting. So typically people use cannabis because it helps with nausea, but what they don't realize is the cannabis is creating the nausea. Mm -hmm. So then they increase their uptake because the cannabis temporarily breaks the nausea, but then they're getting it back again. Mm -hmm. That's when you're in the pre-phase and you'll start to have more upset stomachs. um, And then you'll start getting vomiting. And once those symptoms start to appear, you really have to start, Um, taking breaks from cannabis. Mm -hmm. Um, But usually once you're at that point, you pretty much have CHS um, and you're going to have to abstain from cannabis for a very long time. Um, Typically relapses are common, um, but you can go into remission after, I mean, in a very long break. Um, But yeah, the pre-phase is when the nausea and the upset stomach starts to happen.
0: Yeah. Okay. Sounds pretty pretty nasty. And again, I don't think that's one that. I mean, I'll be honest. When you mentioned it, that was actually one that was new to me. Um, uh, it was the first one I jumped on and started looking into, and it was uh, it was quite quite um sort of eye opening. Again, uh, just just actually those uh, those different sort of symptoms. Although uh, at a biological level, they may be linked. I mean, the kidney failure, skin problems, nausea, etc. I suppose there is a link, but you wouldn't uh, make that connection, I don't think. Um, and it, yeah, yeah, so it's something people definitely need to be aware of. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, someone was saying something about um, actually taking hot baths and showers in the early stages can give temporary relief. Um, Do you know what that sort of is associated with? What's the function behind that?
1: Yeah. So basically there's something in the brain that when you're submerged in hot water or a hot shower, it relieves, um, it relieves the nausea and that's due to what the cannabinoids are doing and how they're interacting with the brain. Don't have the scientific words. I don't think anybody cares too much about that, but (laughs) Um, that's the relief. And if you get into a shower and you notice that your nausea decreases with that hot shower, that's an indicator that you might be suffering from CHS. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're just dealing with typical nausea and you get into a bath or a hot shower and it's not relieved, It may not be that it may not be cannabis hyperemesis, but that's typically one of the signs that you're dealing with um, CHS. Is the urge to take hot showers or baths, and then getting relief subsequently after doing those things.
0: Okay, so if you're not getting that urge, you're probably just a lightweight, and you're having a whitey. That's basically (laughs) it. Yeah,
1: you're just thick. Maybe something else is going on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: I've got a friend of mine that actually contacted me earlier because, uh, like I mentioned off air, we're 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 moving to Portugal. Um, and we want to set up a retreat there so we're looking for for a bit of land etc and he was like oh yeah you're going to be growing those cannabis plants aren't you and I was like I'm not I'm, not, but I'm sure we'll have a vegetable patch of some sort uh and he's oh, he's oh, yeah. he's given me his uh he's like I'll come and help you but he's he's already mentioned he's a he's a, a lightweight and he will definitely whitey so um yeah. so that sort of leads on to the next which is sort of cannabis use disorder so addiction dependency Uh, the type of thing that seems to be sort of um, regularly linked with potential mental health issues, et cetera.
1: Yeah. So cannabis use disorder is an interesting thing because cannabis is not an an addictive substance in the way that nicotine is addictive to the brain or opioids are. Um, If somebody stops using cannabis cold turkey, they're not going to be going through withdrawal symptoms and all the nastiness that comes with um, things that you're addicted to. But you can still abuse cannabis just as you can abuse anything, any substance relationship situation, um, and typically people who are um experiencing cannabis use disorder um probably have some type of trauma um that's not being attended uh, to um they're usually not active they're usually not um progressing in life they live and sleep and smoke weed and that's about it mm-hmm. um and cannabis use disorder can um lead to other problems in the body so Cannabinoids definitely interact with other neurotransmitters in the body. So serotonin, um, adrenaline, all of those fun things. So what you can do is actually create an imbalance to where now you have a a decrease in motivation. Um, So it is very real. um, And I would say that's when people say that somebody they know is addicted to cannabis because they're not functioning and they're not able to do day-to-day tasks um, due to their overconsumption of cannabis.
0: That's it. But that, that, I suppose the flip side to that argument, and this is what I always do with it. I mean, it's not, not about sort of poo-pooing it because there is a, a very real um, sort of chain of evidence that these sort of things do happen. But I think if we were to take it back to, to where it is, those, like you say, these people are generally, from the, from the research that I've seen, these people generally lean towards uh, those that are predisposed in some way, or as you say, have an underlying sort of trauma or some sort of issue anyway. Um, and who's yes. to say if they weren't somebody that never ever picked up cannabis in the first place, that they wouldn't have led themselves there, whether it be, again, through their behavior or lack of exercise, their lack of will, their lack of um, sort of, I suppose, uh, optimism for, for their life, et cetera. And also would they pick up a different uh, a sort of um, medication, uh, whether that be yeah. legal, whether that be alcohol, whether it be illegal. And would they go down that same path and I think that um, obviously what we use tend to see with cannabis a lot because there is this uh, this want to sort of um, put a negative slant on it is it's it's the cannabis that's uh, focused on there as opposed to the potential predisposed uh, sort of situation um, yeah and I think if more research was put into actually identifying people that were susceptible of that uh, with regards to mental health in general across the board whether we're talking cannabis use or not, then obviously that's going to reduce it. I, I mean, and rather than sort of a blanket ban on all of us just in case, it's kind of like I, I used a, I've been using this so regularly recently about so many different subjects, but I've got a bit of a, an analogy. It's like using Thor's hammer to knock mm-hmm. in a nail. It's, it, I mean, this whole blanket, everybody should be um, yeah. uh, not able to use it because a small percentage of people may be susceptible if they overdo it they're not they're not living their, their life in the right way but it's definitely yeah. definitely something there that again needs more research they need to hammer the research on that from a positive and negative and whatever comes out it's going to benefit us if it comes out that yeah. uh, obviously um it's it's all negative for us then we, we know we've got to relook after those people if it's all positive for cannabis then again we're going to move forward but this yeah. this locking of horns not moving in any way for, further forward research is really holding us up isn't it
1: yeah, and there's a lot of other factors that go into it. Like you said, there's actually a couch potato gene. Mm-hmm. And if somebody with that gene is using cannabis, all of a sudden cannabis has the, you know, the bad rap or, you know, a mother who, you know, blames cannabis for ruining her child's life it, without considering maybe it was something else that ruined their life. And yeah, it could manifest into something else. I mean, we've all seen my 600 pound life. Mm-hmm. They chose food as their medium to numb. Some people choose cannabis, for others it's alcohol, for others it's it's toxic relationships um for others it's adrenaline rushes so yeah it's all dependent we can't you know humans were interesting we love to blame objects oh, for our troubles yeah and in, instead of analyzing our experiences we don't want so. to take
0: any responsibility and whether that be responsibility for ourselves like you say or whether it be a parent looking at their child that's smoking too much cannabis and it's very easy to go it's the cannabis's fault rather than and again doing that is not actually going to get their child any better they're not going to get to the bottom of what it is that those those behaviors are there for and and you take the cannabis away are they going to pick up a bottle are they going to start
1: putting something up their nose you know it's it's exactly yeah it's
0: it's a a common sense thing it's like trying to deal with the 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 root of the problem rather than sort of putting a band-aid over the symptom um yeah but it's it's lazy okay i don't want to get political but it's lazy politicians it's something they can do to to put um what they call a spinning plate um or a burning fire out um, and yeah. then move on to the next thing rather than actually dealing with it in their five years, eight years, whatever time they get. I mean, exactly. that, that also, for me, feeds into the next thing that you wanted to talk about with the, uh, the, the P45 um, uh, enzyme family, that the, the chromosomes, uh, obviously, that, that CBD um, generally metabolizes in. Um, and obviously, that the big sort of negative or potential negatives around that Um, I mean, obviously, you you go and talk about it and uh, sort of tell tell the the listeners what that is about. And I'll give you why I think it sort of feeds into what we've just talked about there.
1: Yeah, so enzyme P54 is basically the enzyme that breaks down a lot of pharmaceutical drugs, including CBD. Um, And this is why CBD is not for everyone. um, Because you have to be mindful of if you take CBD and you take a drug um, that on that bottle it says if um, no grapefruit juice with this product, then no CBD at all. Um, because what it's going to do, is going to prevent that, um, enzyme from doing its job. And then you're going to have big molecules of medicines floating around in your body and attacking your liver, which, um, if you've heard reports of CBD causing liver damage, I guarantee you this is how it wasn't the CBD Mm. itself. It's the CBD that prevented the medicines from breaking down. Mm. Um, So that's something to be mindful for and why it is kind of important to um, educate consumers. If you have CBD companies or even talk to your doctor, if you know, they're open to CBD that way you can prevent um, any type of harmful interactions.
0: Yeah. That's the entire reason that I do a consultation with every person. So i I had a website which people could go on and buy CBD and I decided to take it off because there was no way I could give a consultation to people and actually tell them if there were potential interactions. Now, I mean, just to to really sort of emphasize on that, it's something that we are aware of is a a high potential. CBD is is what we call a a potent inhibitor. Um, So Mm -hmm. obviously it inhibits the the metabolism of, of certain drugs around the body. Now that can have two effects. It could be that obviously, as you've said, we build up these toxic levels of that medication in our system and we end up getting liver poisoning, etc. There is the other possibility that it actually reduces the efficacy of the tablets or the medication you're taking, which obviously isn't as dangerous to your health unless you really rely upon those, those medications. Now, nine times out of ten with my sort of clients and customers, they're usually taking the CBD to replace the medication. So that wouldn't be much of an issue. Um, And it'd be a case of them actually taking that decision. Do they want to continue taking the pharmaceutical or the CBD? Mm -hmm. And the reason I say it feeds into what we've said just there is is we're focusing on the CBD. It's funny, isn't it? You have something here, which is a a petrol-based pharmaceutical. And rather than actually warning that it's the pharmaceutical that can cause the harm, grapefruit, which is a very, very, very healthy uh, sort of (laughs) fruit, is actually the thing that's focused on as the problem and and i think, yeah. <laughs> think i mean obviously grapefruit's different it's not going to replace the health benefits of uh, of uh, a statin or something along those lines whereas cbd has the the, the ability so my, my conversations with with my my sort of clients is um everything has to be done by their doctor i'm not a doctor i'm not a healthcare professional here's the evidence that CBD may be able to do the same thing as what you're getting from that medication, but here is the risk. So speak to your doctor, get it cleared through them, and then it basically, unless they tell you there's a, a danger with that CBD, the, the choice is yours as to whether you phase out the pharmaceutical and take the CBD with no side effects, um, yeah. or you continue taking the, the, the medication which has actually brought you to my door in the first place anyway. Um, right. and, and, and again, it's, it's got to be a decision, but they've got to be aware of those potentials. Um, I mean, there's no... I, the, the issue I do have with a lot of it is a lot of the the, the evidence that's used, as with the, the the evidence that we have that we can't talk about, the positive evidence, is right. an, animal-based, it's animal trials. Um, yes. So obviously from our point of view, we can't say that CBD does something from an animal trial because there's not enough proof. Whereas right. with those animal trials that are showing the negatives, we're, we're almost saying this is a guarantee, this is going to happen. So it's kind of... Um, kind of contradictory and that's why it sort of concerns me a bit. And also when you actually dig into those research studies, uh, the first one was Reese's monkeys, which uh, they've actually now, the researchers have come out and removed it basically it they might as well have put them on uh, intravenous drips of cbd the amount of cbd they were putting into these these monkeys ah, bodies okay. i
1: thought it was the other monkey study you were talking about and, uh, where they basically gassed the monkeys to death and said it was cannabis that killed them no
0: nah, so this this that the actual cbd thing that the first one that said that there was a problem with hep, um hepo to, uh, hepatotoxicity um and actually okay. problems with the liver was Reese's monkeys. And what they actually found is even the people that did the research study came out after and said look, there's no real way you'd be able to take that much CBD because they were pretty much on intravenous, like constant flow. Um, And then the other one, which is the one that really is, is the one that they sort of are using this um, narrative uh, was on eight week old baby mice. Um, And those baby mice basically on different levels of CBD were fine. uh, But when they went up to what they classed as a higher adult human dose, they showed signs of liver damage. Um, now, I would never, as a consultant, ever recommend my customers took the level they were talking about per day. Um, exactly. So again, while the potential is there, if you go and pick up your paracetamol or your your um, whatever, your ibuprofen, and you take a whole packet, you're going to get liver damage. Well,
1: or you you're going to die. Or <laughs> you're going
0: to die, exactly. So, so let, yeah. let's put this into real... It doesn't mean that CBD shouldn't be used. It means that we need more tests to find out what the safe levels are of use. Um, as opposed to saying that it's dangerous and you can't take it because no one turns around to you and says, don't take that paracetamol because if you take too much, you could get liver, liver damage. We, we know that. We know our dosages. Uh, and it just comes back to the same thing. Get some more research yeah. out. Let's get these large double blind studies done and let's, let's, dis- let's confirm once and for all where, where the safe levels are.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, honestly, a lot of those medicines that are over the counter, like the leaves and the Tylenol, um, would not become medicines today if they were developed today. Um, And if, you know, CBD, if that's kind of, you know, the prohibitionist thought, well, look what it does to your liver, Four Tylenol in a day can damage your liver um, and be much more harmful. And at the doses of which CBD is causing liver damage is not like you said, a realistic dose. And I would even say in those animal models because they were mice, yep. the ratio of the milligrams that they're receiving to the size of that body. Why did they choose um, eight sounds baby. like a toxic amount.
0: <laughs> I didn't understand why they chose eight week old baby mice as well. I mean, at least to use mature mice. I mean, I, I, it just, uh, from, from my point of view, again, it may, may be, there may be a, a methodology behind it, but, it just seems like again it's and, and it probably happens on both sides it probably happens on our side as well it's just that we're already looking for that confirmation bias and it's like yes. we can put that headline out that um mice became very ill hep- hepatotoxicity, uh, liver damage all this kind of stuff because it's a headline grabber but then when you actually look at it it's, it's, it's kind of like well i mean and that and people that aren't trained wouldn't know that that was actually too much to be giving a human i mean i think it was it was basically that the equivalent of taking what I worked out about a third of a bottle a day uh, of a 30 mil bottle. So about, about 10 mils worth of oil. It's a lot of oil. You'd be sick. <laughs> it's too much oil yeah. to take in, let alone anything else. Yeah. There's also, uh, but,
1: uh, it's astounding. I mean, but those headline grabbers and a lot of people don't know how to read and interpret data. Research. And I think that's with with, what happened with covid Mm -hmm. and a lot of um at-home scientists and and statisticians now looking at this data and creating all these stories and narratives and of course nothing matches and nobody knows what to believe um if we would have just left it to the people who needed to be interpreting it and kept the reporters out of it the you know the people at home who are trying to assess the data we probably would be doing a lot better um so yeah what you know we're kind of seeing that is just a part of society today let alone just cannabis i mean it was it's a strategy employed in cannabis for a long time but now we're seeing it for everything
0: definitely and again i think whenever you start seeing something popping up um regularly on m- many feeds there's not there's normally some sort of agenda behind it i mean it doesn't necessarily need to be a conspiracy agenda but there's normally some sort of uh caveat coming up soon they're normally softening you up for uh uh, the, ne- the next step, as, as I say, there is actually um, a paper that's um, been done very recently. I was trying to find it before this show, and I couldn't find it. But I will send you a link. Uh, and what they've done is they are completely neutral. They're not. They're not. Um, they're not pro cannabis. They're not uh, pro government in any way. Uh, and they've done this. This. Um, this study, and it's a peer-reviewed study. And what they've actually found is they've confirmed that CBD is in fact uh, an inhibitor but nowhere near as, as potent as, as it's being made out to. And what they're basically stating is on all of the models they did, the blood plasma was nowhere near what would actually create toxicity. Um, mm-hmm. So that they're actually coming out and saying that they're sort of, kind of pushing back and saying, no, we need to look deeper into this because again, yes, it has got that be- um, sort of potential, but quite literally... You'd probably need to buy a, an olive oil sized bottle and, and be, drink, be drinking <laughs> it, it throughout the day. So, yeah. So I mean, again, whatever it is, whether it is true or not, it just needs those 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 follow up trials. Let's get it done. Let's get it uh, sorted. And let's let's either get the the advocates uh, in their place or let's actually um, tr- prove that it's not the case uh, exactly. across the board. Yeah. Um, so that that kind of obviously, I suppose, uh, sort of feeds into the next part I think you were talking about sort of heart health and increase the the, obviously the increased heart rate specifically with THC or more Mm -hmm. so with THC um that is something that not a lot of people I mean everyone sort of associates cannabis with getting stoned and being very relaxed a lot of people wouldn't know that basically smoking in general actually raises the heart rate
1: Um, yes it does yeah I learned this the hard way I had a friend who I consumed with and um she was acting as if she was about to die. And I knew she was being serious because of the look in her eyes. And she went to the doctor and learned that she had some heart issues and that the THC set everything off. Um, And so that's how I learned about it. But yes, if you have any type of heart condition, you might want to err on the side of caution for THC because it can have negative consequences on your health. I would definitely, if you live in a legal state, maybe ask your doctor about it or um, maybe find a cardiologist who is well-versed in cannabis and won't give you any kind of like ethical bias Mm -hmm. um, towards that question um, and kind of find, figure out whatever condition it is that you have that you'll be fine. But that's definitely um, some, that's information that cannabis users need to know.
0: Uh, happened with uh, one of one of my very first sort of smoking friends actually when we were just um in our late teens and uh, we used to we used to get high with each other every sort of day and he one day just had what, what we call a whitey obviously is, uh, we're all taking the mickey because he's having a bit of a funny five minutes and okay. basically he had he said to this day he says i can still remember how panicked i felt the panic attack he had and he's never touched it since he had such a bad reaction to it and uh, he said it was down to his heart. He said his heart was just going mad. And again, some people say, "Well, don't smoke it." I was like, "Well, it's not to do with that." I mean, if you're if you're going to take edibles which are extremely strong and you're disposed to uh, obviously a problem with your heart, you're going to start panicking and it's just going to spiral out of control. And yeah, and, and that's not going to end anytime soon. That you, you're, no. you, you're, uh. you're in for the long run. So it's not about the uh, the, the administration of it. It's just about whether you're uh, susceptible to that. And obviously, try to sort of keep an eye on the. Um, that uh, the, the warning signs be sort of, uh, I suppose, be um, sensible about it. Really,
1: yeah, absolutely. That your heart is definitely something you want to take care of um, and be mindful of. So, if you have any inkling that something is wrong, trust that feeling and maybe get yourself checked out.
0: And this is where it gets again super confusing because there's also um, more a, a study recently in actually coming back to Mississippi. Uh, the University of Mississippi, uh, Mississippi concluded that because there there was a lot of uh, con- uh, conflicting um sort of reports with regards to um ischemic uh ischemic uh what's the, what's the word it's not heart attack it was um oh stroke ischemic stroke uh, and there was a lot of evidence that, that apparently pointed to that actually being something that cannabis was quite bad for and that would actually exacerbate uh they've yeah. done quite a large test in fairness I think it was on 10,000 um hospital admissions uh, and what they did is they they drug tested all of these ho- hospital ad- admissions and anybody that had anything other than cannabis in their system was immediately taken out and that what they did is they split it between cannabis uh, p- positive test and non-non-positive and in the um the positive test or, or side there was eight percent of them that actually had the ischemic stroke whereas actually 16 percent in the non-positive uh, group actually had suffered so the the figures were higher and what they're okay. stating is, although it obviously it's only on 10,000, it's quite it's quite robust data, but it does need to be, again, it needs to be rolled out to larger sort of scale, um, uh, sort of, yeah, larger scale sort of uh, trials. And on top of that, it's, it's one of those things, there's so many different types of uh, of, of heart problems, et cetera. Some it may be a yeah. benefit for, some it may not. So yeah.
1: you can Yeah, can't... people who have slower heartbeats, this might be, you know, natural medicine that could be beneficial. Uh, what's it called? Tachycardia, I believe, yeah. where- you have a slower heart, a uh, slower heart rate, that might be something super beneficial. Yeah.
0: So those sort of people, when they stand up, they get very lightheaded because the blood's not mm-hmm. pumping around their body properly. And yeah, it just makes them feel super groggy. Uh, no, that's mm-hmm. awesome. And, and, and again, I think uh, the, the flip side again, to people out there that, that are, are thinking we're talking about all cannabis, this is more, more sort of pointed towards THC. So obviously specifically to the UK audience, obviously CBD is, is available. There is CBD flower as well. It tastes and smells the same. You get the same experience without that sort of, uh, that stoned feeling as well so there are yeah. there are alternatives if you're somebody that loves the stuff and I, I love the whole thing i love the whole uh it's, it's a, a ritual for me and uh it, yeah. if, if i ever was to decide to stop doing it i think that would be my biggest problem is what am i going to do for those periods of time uh, every day <laughs> where i'm like going through that beautiful ritual that
1: yeah i, <laughs> I, I love the to. ritual as well the Amazing. fingers the stickiness all of it yeah.
0: yeah my friends getting involved when i haven't seen them for ages and someone brings a, a nice little bit round and again Every time we do it, we're breaking the laws and becoming criminals. So, uh, but uh, I've been doing it for 20 years. I'm not going to stop now.
1: Here you go. There you go. <laughs> That's beauty. Excellent. So, so
0: updates from your side of things. Obviously, last time we spoke, you were looking at the apparel and also you had some things going with, um, was it, was it fitness and working out? Or was it something along those lines you mentioned?
1: Um, fitness and working out. Maybe just personally.
0: Yeah. You, I've, that was yeah. it. You, you were actually going to meet up with your English friend. Oh, your are British friends. You were uh, about to go out. Yes. You, you, had some, you said you had something else lined up. What was it you had lined up? So you had the, obviously the apparel. How's that going? Does that come out?
1: Um, that's still coming along. Um, I'm planning on a first quarter launch there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing the book club pretty good. We're reading Smoke Signals. Um, that is a book that is blowing my mind and really telling the American perspective, yes, but we're also learning about India and, you know, kind of what happened there in their commission report. Um, so that book has been great. Um, and then I'm still educating from with herb and right now I'm keeping my efforts kind of focused on global initiatives. So right Right. now India could definitely use some opinions and suggestions and data and articles and journals Mm -hmm. sent to their government for consideration on reforming their cannabis laws. Um, and I'm thinking Ireland is going to be my next focus. Um, so that's what I have going on with Herb. I am now educating at the Candy pens House in L.A., which is a great hub for cannabis. Um, and so many more opportunities and things that are coming along that I cannot wait to share once they're more developed.
0: I, I have to say, there's a few things that happened on your Instagram just after our last podcast. I was extremely uh, sort of jealous of uh, some of the stuff you guys get to do around around America with <laughs> cannabis. It's unbelievable. In fairness, moving to Portugal, they they decriminalized all cannabis all, uh, drugs yes. back in 2000 uh, obviously the cannabis is the main thing I've got uh, meetings mm-hmm. with a few people that run cannabis farms um, where I'm going to be sort of speaking to them about doing something on the consultancy side and that, that I'm looking at getting my medical uh, license out there to actually provide THC as well which
1: wow
0: I keep my fingers crossed yeah. so that's gonna be a good one, <laughs> that's be a good one. So, so the fires are out now
1: Fires are out. We actually got rain over the weekend. Um, My city smelt like barbecue for about two weeks, Um, but everything is starting to smell normal again. (laughs) And
0: you're safe. Your plants are safe.
1: Um, My plants, actually, there was a fire prior to that that ashes got all throughout the buds and the sticky, and then I dealt with caterpillars, so I kind of decided that I didn't want to ingest any of that it was, it was heartbreaking. And I would say there was a little depression that came along with it. There was <laughs> nothing, sure. you know, but I couldn't control the environment, I couldn't control the ash or where it fell. So.
0: And where you're obviously yeah. spending so much time and, and sort of uh, putting so much time and effort into cultivating them and actually seeing them get to that point to have that all just completely wasted. I feel for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Next time I know greenhouse, a little <laughs> greenhouse in the backyard would have saved, would have saved me from every single issue. You're, you're lucky <laughs> you,
0: you, you can put it in a greenhouse here. We have to buy tents and um, we have yeah. to do it hydroponically because it is there's yeah. no chance in this country we don't have like, well, saying that it's been sunny all day again today I don't, I don't know what's going on I'm still in shorts I haven't actually come up my shorts yet and we're in what yeah. second week in November nearly oh wow absolutely crazy absolutely crazy,
1: that
0: is crazy. Pe- people are looking at me thinking I'm crazy picking my children up from school in shorts they're like <laughs>
1: what <are you> doing? <laughs> I refuse
0: to take them off yet
1: yeah it's still it's still warm enough <laughs> yeah I'll
0: put socks on that that'll do for now so funny absolutely brilliant so is there anything else you want to talk about today
1: um no but if you want to help with um the global efforts that i'll be pushing definitely stay along um tune in with that i think um as different countries adopt legislation that it's important for the entire global market to thrive and succeed and it puts pressure on other companies or countries as well so it's kind of my focus right now is uh, global advocacy
0: Awesome. So any links you want me to, to put in the the uh, podcast sort of um, bio just far i over and obviously I'll put them in the, the social media sort of stuff that we're sharing as well. So anything at all. Okay, um, okay well, that's absolutely brilliant. Really do appreciate you um, sort of coming back on the show so quickly. I do uh, want to make this a regular thing as long as you're up for it. I think we, uh, yeah, we have a nice little flow of a conversation and, and the feedback has been really good on the first podcast. I know it's gonna be the same on this one. So
1: Awesome. Yeah, Uh, I'd love to be back. I I love you're so knowledgeable about the topic. So I love it.
0: Well, what I try try and do because I I know that I'm a know it all. And (laughs) what I mean by that is I'm not a know it all. But if I know something about something I like, I get really, especially if it's something I'm passionate about. Um, And it's one thing that I've had to try and rein in a little bit on the podcast side of things, because you don't want to say, well, you want to talk about this? And then give a whole synopsis. It's it's your show. It's not my show. But yeah, it's not it's not a conversation if I sit here and just go. "Mm -hmm, Mm hmm. So, yeah, right. I do put my bit in there as well. Uh, but exactly. let's, let's keep this going. Let's put a bit of thought into what the next one's going to be. Um, I Really appreciate your time. Appreciate everything you're doing. And I know everyone at home absolutely loves uh, hearing from yourself. So let's keep this going. Uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Tammy, a.k.a. the Cannabis Cutie. Uh, as I say, I'll put all her links in the, uh, in the sort of bio, so you better get hold of her. Uh, but get following this girl. She's got some incredible um, sort of content and some really good educational side of things as well thanks guys yeah. until the next show let's do a little is it this one i've turned it down i've turned it down that'll be in the bloopers
1: yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear see you in the next show guys thanks for tuning in oh there it is <laughs>